0: And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, nidavellir basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio 3 Asgard. You are tuned to Radio Free Asgard, episode number 225. The Lay of Lord Fafnir In a farmhouse in Midgard, a gathering of men and women whiled away a winter evening. They talked and drank, they sewed and gossiped and sang. Then one of their number got up from his place and stepped over to the flickering fire. It's time I took the chanter's stool, Lord Fafnir said. I've stood and stared into the well of Urd, stared in silence, wondered and pondered. For a long while I listened at the door of the High Ones Hall, and inside the High Ones Hall, this is what I heard. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. My advice will help you if you heed it. You will prosper if you set proper store by it. Never get up at night, except to guard your house, or relieve yourself in the outhouse. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. My advice will help you if you heed it. You will prosper if you set proper store by it. Never succumb to a witch's sweet words and soft, snaring embraces. She'll cast a spell, and you'll lose all delight in meetings and friendship with other men. You'll hate the sight of meat. Every sweetness will be sour and you'll take to your bed, bowed down with sorrow. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. My advice will help you if you heed it. Never try to seduce another man's wife or hope to come to secret understandings with her. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. If you have to cross mountains or fjords, make quite sure you take enough food. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Never trust an evil man when you're out of luck. The evil man receives good and pays out evil. I saw a man mortally wounded by an evil woman's words. Her flickering tongue was the cause of his death. And yet it spoke not one true word. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. If you want a friend whom you can wholly trust, foster his friendship. Brambles and waving grass quickly grow on a little trodden road. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Find a wise man for your friend, and take note of his charms for healing. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Never be the first to strain and break the bonds of a friendship. If you cannot tell another man your thoughts, anxiety will begin to eat at your heart. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Never waste time on a witless ape. An evil man never gives as much as he gets, whereas a good man will win you great respect by singing your praises. When one man can open his heart to another, that is true friendship. Nothing is worse than a liar, and no true friend tells you only what you want to hear. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Three angry words are three too many have spoken to a bad man. And the better man often comes off worse when a bad man's sword starts talking. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Only make those shoes and spear shafts you mean to use yourself. If a shoe fits badly or a shaft snaps, men will abuse you. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. If you know of some evil, Ensure everyone knows all about it and do not make peace with your enemies. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. To do evil brings no lasting pleasure. To do good will make you glad. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Don't raise your eyes when battle is raging and the sons of men are filled with frenzy. Otherwise warriors may use spells to snare you. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. If you want to win a woman's love and enjoy her favours, make her a fair promise and then stick to it. Nobody loathes what rewards he gets. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. I tell you to be cautious, but not fearful. Above all, beware of ale, another man's wife, and a thief's sharp wits. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Never mock a guest or deride a traveler. As often as not a man who sits in his own house knows next to nothing about a guest. There's no one so perfect that he has no shortcomings. No one so wicked that he counts for nothing. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Don't despise the gray-haired singer, for the old are often wise. Though they hang with the hides and flap with the pelts and rock with the guts in the wind, Shriveled skins frequently offer good advice. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. Don't abuse your guest or show him the door. Be generous to a needy man. But the beam that is raised to admit every guest would have to be a strong one. Put a ring over it, or your own open house will bring you to a bad end. Listen, Lord Fafnir, and listen carefully. When you're drinking ale, offset it with the power of earth. As earth cures ale, fire cures sicknesses, and oak cures constipation. Use the ear of corn against witchcraft, rye against rupture, the moon against hatred, grass against the scab, and runes against a sword wound. Earth absorbs floods of water. Now the High One has spoken in the hall. Words for the good of the sons of men, accursed words for the sons of giants. Hail to the speaker and him who listens. May whoever learns them prosper because of them. Hail to all who listen. Indeed, and hail to all of you as well. Words of wisdom there from Norse lore and, and proof positive that not all of the Norse myths are all that interesting. <laughs> I think that you can hearken that back to the interview that I did with Ragnar Olafsson when I was in Iceland. And basically the the message that the overriding message of Asatru as he saw it is, is don't be a dick and you know we're looking at the advice given by the Havamal the, the the sayings of the wise one as it's often called and this is a a story that's, that's definitely within that that sort of a range it's not really a story per se but a collection of, of pieces of advice and then you have to tie them together with a, a narrative structure so the skald can actually perform it I suppose but uh, yeah it's interesting stuff anyway all right so we are going to be covering an issue this week yeah because nobody really wants a 10-minute episode do they so of course we are going to be covering Ragnarok number five but before we do that, I actually have a, a rather important announcement to make about the show. And that is that the show is going to be taking a hiatus this spring. And the reason I mention it now is because I don't want it to be a big surprise later and have people get all upset and shocked that that all of a sudden we're not on the air. So basically, here's the deal. I'm going to be gone for about 12 weeks And that is uh, the time that we're going to be off the air. I'm going to be doing some traveling. I'm actually going to be walking across the UK end to end. So not the short way across like I did last time, but the long way across. So the length of the UK from Land's End to John O'Groats. So that comes out to just under 1,000 miles. So at a 15 mile a day pace, it's going to take us about three months to finish that. Obviously, I can't carry piles of comic books with me on the road, so Radio Free Asgard's gonna necessarily be on hiatus during that time. However, I want to stress very clearly, we will be back once I come back from the UK. However, I'm not gonna be offline entirely. I'm gonna be producing some content from the road. It just won't be Radio Free Asgard connected. As you folks know, I have a past where I did a podcast before called Tom Harris USA, and then there was a live version of that as well, where I talked about things other than Thor comics. And something like that is going to be coming out while I'm actually on the road. But what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be talking about you know things that come to my head, uh, things that happen while I'm walking. It's going to be a lot of it about the trip itself. The journey itself will be the show. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be doing. You can call it a side project, if you will, but it's not going to involve Thor very much. I mean, I'll, I'll try to fit Thor in where I can. <laughs> but you know, like I said, I don't want people to be upset. I don't want people to be surprised by it. So I'm telling you now what's going on. It is involving a lot of change in my personal life. I am leaving my job for this, and hopefully everything will work out well but it's something i am also looking forward to and it really kind of started about a year ago when a friend of mine said that i was, you know, i needed to get out of my comfort zone and I, and i thought about it a lot and it actually has been going through my head a lot and i realized that you know they're absolutely right. I think i do need to get out of my comfort zone. And at this point, sitting in front of a computer doing a podcast or entering data into spreadsheets or or you know doing accounting work or whatever, That is a comfort zone for me right now. And maybe I do just need to give myself a kick in the ass, get out there and do some walking. And and that will be my job from March to June. And we will be back sometime, like I said, about the end of June. Now, the reason I'm telling you now is so you're not, you know, six weeks from now, you're going to be surprised by it because we are going to continue the show through January and uh up into the middle of february so that's what i had to say and i you know like i said don't be upset you know we will be back okay so we have an issue of ragnarok to cover so let's just go ahead and move along to our review cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming And then this week we are looking at Ragnarok number five, which came out in the summer of 2015. The uh, writing, the editing, the art, uh, et cetera, is by Walt Simonson. Coloring is by Laura Martin. And the lettering is by John Workman. Cover art shows Thor, our jawless wonder, holding up a severed head. And it is an ugly severed head, and it looks like it has a, a Subaru logo on its forehead. And the name of the story is A Draft of Knowledge. And we open up looking at a dwarf gate. Remember, talking about the Dverger gates that uh, were mentioned last issue. And we have a couple of dwarves, and these couple of dwarves are. Uh, sitting in front of this big old, looks like the Stargate. (laughs) It's even got runes around it, like the Stargate. It's very different from a Stargate, but there's some similarities anyway. And there's a couple dwarves here. They're sitting at a table playing cards, and they've got horns of of booze, presumably, um, sitting next to them. And uh, one notices uh, somebody arriving, and he says, Draugr coming. What? Another dead walker? This one's riding. Get my crossbow. So they obviously see the uh, Draugr as a threat. And we see Thor riding towards them on his water horse. And they are preparing a crossbow. And he's like, he's still coming. Droger can't see very well. And he takes his crossbow. with A very medieval looking crossbow here. It says... Uh, He'll be deader before he knows it, and shoots a bolt at Thor with a uh, fuffwunk. But uh, Thor deflects it with his hammer with a thrakrang, and it lands at the feet of the dwarf with a (laughs) fuffthump. And Thor stops, and he talks to the dwarf. Child of Earth, don't do that again. And the, the one dwarf is like, I thought you said they don't see very well. "'I gather this is a portal to other parts of the Duskland,' says Thor. "'It is,' says the dwarf. "'Good. Send me to Mimir's well,' says Thor." And the dwarf saying, "'Um, there's no active gate there. "'It was abandoned centuries ago. "'The well dried up after the final battle, "'and those who seek wisdom no longer go there. "'It is said that the great enemy set a barrier around the well as a precaution, "'in spite of the well being dry.' It is also said that the hosts of Alhalla could not have breached it. Can you send me there? asks Thor. Yes, but you can't return. The gate has no energy of its own, and this is uncounted leagues from occupied countryside. I'll take my chances, says Thor. It will cost a large fee, in gold only. <laughs> Thor says... Let us regard your fee as a grateful consideration for my not driving your quarrel through both your foreheads. How do I find it? Uh, you'll see the broken root of Yggdrasil as you emerge. Follow it. The world tree even in death will guide you. Good, says Thor. Now you should not entertain the notion of depositing me in some remote location from which there is no return. Rest assured that I will return, eventually and then you and I will discuss the nature of these gates, their builders, and quarrels. A moment, sir, says the dwarf. Let me just recheck my settings. Ha! Well played, says Thor, and he flips him a a silver coin, or gold coin. I can't really tell from the coloring. And the dwarf catches it in his hand. This is elvish gold. Most generous, my lord. Ride into the gate. It will sting. When you come out, you will be where you wish to go. And we have the, it, it is the Stargate. <laughs> we have sort of that Stargate effect as, as he walks in. But except that we have the sound effect, Screeek! So, so it, it, it will sting, but it also shrieks. And it comes out on the other side, and we have you know, the captions of, the, of what the dwarves are saying. Was he a drugger? Who cares? He had gold. And Thor comes out on the other side and he's in a, again, kind of a stick forest and there's a bunch of ice here and uh, it's like a big wall of ice and Thor's thinking to himself, ice, that must be the barrier the dwarf spoke of. It shouldn't take but a few blows to and he hurls Mjolnir up against this wall of ice but Mjolnir bounces off rather than destroying it. And there's a a big sound effect, a thakrang. And Thor goes up and inspects the wall, and he's not even scratched. Ymir's rhyme, a most powerful enchantment. And he sighs. There was a time when I could have shattered even this barrier with relative ease. Now, hmm, the apples of youth. I hate to waste them, but there's no help for it. I must break the barrier and reach the well. And he takes uh, three of these uh, dried apple slices and puts them in his hole <laughs> where he used to have a mouth and uh, hurls his hammer again with a broom and he smashes this wall of ice all to help. And then we shift scenes and the caption says to somewhere an immeasurable distance away. And we have the sort of uh, fire realm and we have a big fire giant Uh, I wonder if that searcher could be and a smaller fire being much like the fire being that we saw um, a couple of issues ago and uh, he's talking to the big giant guy my lord forgive me there has been an alarm the barrier about Mimir's well has breached what the utinar created that barrier and no one save Emir's children should be able to break it. Are you sure, gormor Yes, my lord. A renegade ice giant, perhaps, in search of knowledge. Is the well still dry? The seeress scrying sees only a dust bowl there. If one of the other enemies has decided to try to avail himself of some of the hidden knowledge, we must know at once. Send a team of hand-picked fire berserkers and locate the intruder. Burners with enough power to melt any ice giant. They're to bring him back alive if they can. Kill him if they must, but return with his body. And send a Virva with them. A seeress may be useful if there's a magic involved. Now, Gormer. Yes, sire, immediately. And Gormer goes off through his own little stargate because that is actually what it looks like. except it's a fire stargate, so that makes it a little bit different. And we shift scenes back to Thor, and he's going, riding through this, uh, it looks like an enchanted forest, and there's these weird, gnarly trees that are much weirder and gnarlier than other trees that we've seen so far. And Thor is thinking to himself as he's going through here, Hodmimi's Holt, it breaks my heart to see these once lovely woods a stand of naught but illimitable decay. I wonder if any living being is left here. And just as he thinks that, there's a hissing noise, lots and lots and lots of hissing. Hiss, 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 and we see a bunch of snakes, snakes, Uh, serpents of some kind, and they're coming out hissing. And then there's an energy crackle around Thor, and he is gone, interestingly enough. But uh, I guess he passed through his own little stargate or something because he's not completely gone. We come back to him, and he is in a sort of a clearing here. And he's thinking, Idrassil's route passes into the earth here. But surely this is not the place. I see only ruin. Up, lady, and drive hard, he says. And he takes off on the horse. I must know of Mimir's well as come to this. And he comes to the middle of the circle, and he doesn't find any water there. It's like dust, nothing but dust. And yet this bowl of dirt and ash is the place, or what's left of it. Has everything in these shattered lands come to naught, says Thor, he shouts it out. And it starts to rain, and I I don't know if that's because he's making it rain, or just his anger, or whatever. It's raining again. Perhaps the water will cleanse this deserted relic of a bygone age and refresh it, if only a little, with a memory of better days. Oh, Father Odin, where is thy wisdom now that I have such need of it? And a voice comes from uh, behind him. Hello, Thor. You certainly took your time getting here. And Thor whips around and he's wrecking up uh, some of the trees. So Thor is a tree murderer. Tree murderer. And he's wrecking around the wood, and he finds a head. Interesting. It's Mimir's head, to be precise. And he uncovers it with a, a kriask. And it's a uh, the head of a, a red-haired dude. So this is obviously the, um, the, the head that we saw on the cover with the Subaru logo on his head. And that's what he is. You look like death warmed over, Thor. Or worse. You're, you're still, still alive, up. says Thor. Obviously. But only just. I don't have another day left in me. Lift me up. Thor picks up the hands, holding his hand. I know why you have come. The only reason anyone ever came here to drink from the well of knowledge. I'm too late. The well is dry. The well is dry, says Mimir, but it isn't too late. You'll have to act fast. After my captors beheaded me so long ago, your father wove his necromantic spells around me, "'and conferred secretly thereafter, "'because I knew much of matters hidden from the living. "'I came to guard the well of knowledge in Jotunheim, "'and Odin pledged his eye in return for a drink from the well. "'Secrets were our bond, but Odin is gone, "'and his magic is failing, as am I. "'I sipped the water of the well for centuries, "'knowing that one day, Thunderer, you would appear. "'I drained the last of the well three weeks ago, and my tongue tastes of dust. Now, if you would drink still, you must follow my instructions, and do not hesitate. My time is short, but you can still discover the road to Asgard. Very well, says Thor. And he gives him some instructions, and as we get the, um, the instructions he's telling Thor, we actually see Thor carrying them out. Take Mjolnir to the boulder yonder and fashion out a cauldron. Now bring down the rain and fill it with the water of a thunder god's anger. And we see him doing both of those things. Splinter the holy wood of Yggdrasil's root and lay it beneath the cauldron. And we see him doing that again. Now call the lightning and kindle the fire till the water within it's roiling. And we have lightning striking and, and boiling the water with a back room. And uh, all that having been done, Miemer's like, well done. We are almost ready, but there is one last thing. The pledge? asks Thor. Yes, like your father before you, you must give up an eye. And if I do not? Then all my waiting will have been vain, says Mimir. You will learn nothing, and the enemies will have won. That is the magic. Very well, then what? says Thor. Thor. "'Then you must throw me into the roiling boiling water and drink the broth, "'for I am now the well and contain all the knowledge that it held.' "'You hesitate. It is a frightful pledge.' "'It isn't that,' says Thor. "'It is the difficulty of sacrificing a friend, "'a last familiar voice from the worlds I once knew.' "'My voice will always be with you, and you'll still have Ratatosk. "'Lay your eye atop the dry well and drink. I'm almost spent.' hurry. If I die before you do the deed, it will be too late. One last foretelling. You'll have company in the space of an hour. Nine demon berserkers and a vulva have journeyed through the abandoned verger gate, and are almost here. And as he's telling Thor that, he's picking his eye out, and he uh, you know, splitches it out, so there's a big hole in his head now, and he lays the eye on the ground, And uh, Mimir says, "'They've given their loyalty to Surtur, and they will try to kill you.' And Thor places his eye on the ground, and the eye sinks into what used to be the well. "'Good. Killing Draugr and Nair hasn't been particularly satisfying,' says Thor. "'And I feel the need to assuage my growing anger and refresh old skills. I look forward to it.' "'It doesn't take a seer to know that,' says Mimir. "'Goodbye, Thor.' And Thor takes the head, and he throws it into the uh, the cauldron, the boiling water. And Thor says, goodbye, old friend. And there's this big explosion of green steam coming up out of the cauldron, and Thor's looking at it, and uh, he looks at it for a couple panels, and then he picks it up, and he upends it into his mouth or into his face or something. Anyway, he's he's drinking all of the uh, the broth, I guess. There's a uh, a big uh, crack-a-thack as he throws the uh, the cauldron aside and he's going, Ur! and there's a poem going on here and he's seeing these visions and uh, we'll read them, them out. Now Garm hiles before Nipah Cave. The fetters will burst and the wolf run free. From the east comes Hrim with shield held high in giant wrath does the serpent writhe o'er the waves he twists. After the wolf do wild men follow. Fenrir courses the field, all father he finds. When Odin rares to fight with the wolf, for there must fall the joy of Frigg. Eager for battle, the enemies rage, all save Garm. One-handed tear dies gladly, his sword in the wolf's belly sheathed. While ice giants stride, their weapons smoking. Far above the night fares the worm's shadow. Thor is missing, absent is Mjolnir. The serpent strikes. No foe can stem its bitter gall. No warrior breathe its poison. Bright Fry falls, his antler no match before Surtur's bright blade, Edged with burnished fire. The sun turns black, earth sinks in the sea the hot stars down from heaven are whirled. fierce grows the steam and the life-feeding flame till fire leaps high above heaven itself and there's a ah so i don't know if uh that somebody's screaming and we shift scenes to it says far away at the edge of the world and we have the uh these a couple uh, dark elves. Remember, we're following the uh, assassin and his daughter, Drifa. And the father's like, Drifa? She's here, Papa. Mama's here, but she's gone. And we then shift to the, uh, the vulva, the old woman, and she's wearing like a robe. It's like hag, you remember, hag. And there's all these fire demons with her. And the fire demons are like, can you hear that? The giant? Be quiet, listen, says the old woman. It's stopped, lady. I I don't know. I don't understand. I can't scry the well clearly. Spread out. There's someone there, but I cannot read him clearly. And they come approaching the well, and Thor's just sitting there in the middle. That's no giant, says one of the demons. You, you're coming with us. "'The lord of the Burning Lands wishes to speak with you,' says the old woman. "'You'll come with us or die. Here,' Anthor speaks. "'In this holy place do you not fear the gods?' "'We fear no one. We have slain gods. "'None can stand against us, least of all a ragged draugr such as thee.' "'You have said it, Vulva.' Said Thor, and he pulls his hammer out and it's crackling and actually gets some Kirby crackle here. And uh, she's like, Oh God! And he's like, Exactly! And he summons down the lightning and a brack-a-croom. And it makes a big old crater out of where Mirmer's Well used to be. Takes out the vulva and all the demons too, and they go flying off all directions. And Thor's standing there alone. We have slain gods. Let that be your epitaph. <laughs> ah. And there's a big old hole, and uh, Thor goes jumping down into the hole, and he finds a couple of eyeballs down in the hole, interestingly enough. So, you know, he threw the uh, eyeball into the well, where the well used to be, and he finds two down there. I guess one his and one his father's. And um, he uh, jumps down, he picks up one of them, and he says. Father, forgive me, but I would have your guidance again, even if only from one shade to another. And he puts Odin's eye into his eye socket, and he leaps out of the hole. And you can see that the uh, the eye of Odin is actually a slightly different color than Thor's eyes. I know now where to look, and I can see anew. And we got a little bit more uh, captioning here. The sun turns black, earth sinks in the sea, the hot stars down from heaven are whirled. Fierce grows the steam in the life-reading flame, till fire leaps high above heaven itself. Her ashes scattered, Asgard abandoned. Gone is the gleam on her golden roofs. And Thor says, Asgard, so my vision was true. Woe to all that it should be so. Let us depart, lady, he says to his horse. It's time I return home. And we have to be continued. And of course, we do have a few things to say about this, but first, we have a message from one of our friends. The Fantastic Ass is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance, and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at the departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, the Kree Skrull War, the arrival of Marvel Team Up, Bill Murray. ...as the Human touch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we're back, and boy, what a big change. I mean, a lot happens in this issue. <laughs> I mean, unlike some of the other issues where things have been kind of slow. Yeah, so we actually get some really meat of the story here as we wrap up to our climax here. And, of course, next issue is the end of book one. And, of course, then we have to wait for book two to come out. But the is uh, the really good. I mean, I'm really enjoying the series. And I guess, you know, like before, it's really hard to to criticize it and especially when you're saying so much nice things about it <laughs> because it's a great series i really am enjoying it and you know of course obviously we're gonna have to wrap up the the story of the dark elves next time uh so we have thor now with the wisdom of odin and odin's eye as well and yeah so a little bit more of the story unravels and we get ever closer to the conclusion next issue. And uh, artwork is uh, really brilliant. I mean, it's a really nicely drawn episode. I like the way he draws the, I really like the way he draws the dwarves. I mean, he, he, it's, it's interesting how the living characters are very, very true to form. I mean, true to the sort of designs that he came up with before. These are dwarves right out of D&D or Lord of the Rings. I mean, they look like dwarves and, you know, because they are anyway um all right so with that we're about done for this week once again folks thanks very much for listening we really do appreciate it if you want to email the show you can do so the email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com you can also join us on facebook you can join us on stitcher you can join us on twitter there's lots of places to find us just look for us and you'll find us eventually and with that, back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard through the Stargate, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, The Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent, and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.